Help me sing this. You guys know it. And every knee shall bow. Come on, sing it out. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. The Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Bright and morning star. Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Come on, sing it out. I just can't stop. And I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Oh, I just can't stop praising His name. Praising His name, no, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. And He's the Prince of Peace. Bright and morning star, Jesus Christ is Lord forever. And I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Oh, I just can't stop praising His name. Praising His name, Jesus. Every knee. And every knee shall bow. Come on, sing it out. And every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. And He's the Prince of Peace. Bright and morning star. Jesus Christ is Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name. No, I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Come on, sing it. And I just can't stop. Praising His name, oh, I just can't stop. Praising 
Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice to sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet sound. There is freedom. Down a shout, we've been set free. The Lamb has overcome. There is freedom. Lift up your voice. Come on and lift up your voice to sing for joy. And clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet sound. There is freedom in this place. Dance a dance of victory. Shout a shout, we've been set free. The Lamb is overcome, there is freedom, and I just can't stop. Praising His name, oh, I just can't stop. Praising His name, oh, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. One more time. Oh, I just can't stop. Come on, give him praise in this place. Is that the way you feel this morning? You can't stop praising his name. You can't stop lifting his name above every name. You can't stop coming before the throne of God and allowing him to work in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I appreciate you being here. Before you're seated, I want you to turn around to two or three people and greet them and just let them know how much you, and how glad you are to see them this morning.
Hey, bless you. I'm glad that you're here. I am. Definitely. Is that what Good to see you. I did get your batteries. I got to bring them back. I love your fellowship. I love how friendly you are. It is so awesome to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. I want to share a couple of announcements with you. You can go ahead and be seated. I'll go ahead and let you if you can, as they say. I want to share just a couple of uh, announcements with you. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, I know that it is supposed to be cold, but we're not postponing our trip. We are going to uh, Nashville to Under the Bridge Ministries to serve. If you're interested in going with us, we're going to leave around 4 o'clock that afternoon. This is Tuesday. I need to meet with everyone that is planning on going immediately following service. So if you'll hang out just real briefly, immediately following service, uh, I just want to see about how many we have going. If you are underage and you are a minor and your parent is not going, uh, I have a permission form that you must fill out. If you're under 13, your parent must go. So just know that uh, we, we're not taking anyone under 13 and their parent not going. So uh, keep that in mind. And then next week, we've got a uh, quartet coming to minister. They've been here before. It's called the Appointed Quartet. They will bless you. You don't want to miss what the Lord is going to do through them. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap because you're going to invite somebody to come with you. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't schedule a lot of quartets, not because I don't enjoy their ministry. I just don't think about it. And, uh, but I did schedule this one back in April, and uh, they're coming. It's amazing how quick time gets here, but they'll be here next week. I know you will enjoy them. And then um, the Macon County Ministerial Association, a week from this Tuesday, is hosting their annual Thanksgiving community service. The Assembly of God is hosting that. We'll be meeting at their place at 6 o'clock that Tuesday. I invite you to come. Uh, if you want to make your famous desserts, they would love for you to bring that because immediately following service, we will be having a fellowship and desserts as we normally do. So that's a week from Tuesday night. Now, each year... For at least, I would say, the last six years, uh, we, around this time here at the church, we do an angel tree. And we take nominations within the church and give you opportunity to nominate someone that you know that needs uh, help with Christmas for their children. Maybe it's a single parent raising kids. Maybe it's a widow, uh, possibly, or grandparents trying to raise kids. But what you need to do is pick up a form uh, outside in the lobby there on the table and fill that out. And Sister Jennifer, would you stand and raise your hand and get this to Sister Jennifer? Yes. Uh, get this to her uh, by next Sunday. If uh, 
I know it's a quick turnaround, but I know you're going to respond and fill this out. If you email her this information, you can email her. Her email is on this sheet. She can, uh, you can email it up to November the 21st. That's when her cutoff is. Uh, it's Thursday because Sunday before Thanksgiving on the 24th, she's going to have the angel tree set up with all the nominations. And uh, everything's kept confidential. We don't give out any names. All we do is give out, whether it's a boy or girl, their sizes and what possibly on their wish list. So uh, on the 24th, you will get the opportunity to pick up an angel on the tree and go purchase those items. So, uh, But we to do that, we need nominations if you know someone that needs to be nominated. We've always had great success with this. We trust this year will be no different. So uh, I wanted to make that available. So uh, if you don't know where they're at, ask one of the ushers. They will get that to you, and um, <clears throat> we can go ahead and get those in. Now, I believe that's all the announcements I have. There are a lot of things going on. The best thing I can do is encourage you to pick up this paper on your way out, the bulletin. It has everything that you need to know in there. So... I'm going to ask you to stand one more time and we're going to pray. In the morning, we will begin to celebrate Veterans Day. And I want to pray for our veterans. And if you are a veteran, I want to thank you for your service. And we want to recognize that. Can we give all our veterans a hand today? As we were singing the song about freedom, that there's freedom in praising God, it made me think without our veterans, we may not have that freedom. Because of their sacrifice and their service, we live in the greatest country in the world. Wednesday morning, I got to participate in a prayer breakfast at the Senior Citizens and Dr. Main Wang uh, the eye surgeon, laser eye surgeon, he spoke, and he was, uh, or he is from China, not was, but he is from China, and came here in the 80s, I believe, had an opportunity, but he reminded us that we live in the greatest country, and he said this, he said, you want to know how I know you live in the, how we live in the greatest country? He says, think about it, nobody wants to leave, Forty said. And I thought, you know, it's true. If it, wouldn't, if it wasn't great, everybody would want to leave. But he just was a reminder. And I believe because of the veterans and the sacrifices of people, what they made, we do live in the greatest country. And I never want to take our freedom for granted. I never want to take our freedom lightly. And uh, one of the ways that we can enjoy that freedom is through prayer. Serving our Lord. And if you would, I want you to join with me in prayer today. If you have a special need, I'm going to get you to raise your hand that signifies that need. And God sees those hands. I believe, even though I ask that question every Sunday, I believe that God sees those needs. And he answers those needs. 
And if you would, join with me in prayer. Lord, we cannot thank you enough for the country that we live in. We can't thank you enough for the power and the freedom that we get to have. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would never quit praising the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we come together this morning, Lord, I'm praying for all the veterans, Lord, that have sacrificed time and energy and the ones, Lord, the families, Lord, that gave the ultimate price. Lord, I'm asking you to touch them today and let them know that their sacrifice has not gone, un Lord, has not gone unforgotten. Lord, I'm praying this morning, Lord, that you would touch this service, Lord, that you would allow your anointing to flow through it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I'm praying, Lord, right now, Lord, that you'd begin to move upon the needs of your people, Lord, every person. Lord, I believe that they raised their hand that said, I have a need. Lord, I'm praying for that need today. Lord, it may be a financial windfall that they need. Lord, it may be a healing Lord Jesus, Lord, I'm praying that whatever the need is, Lord, that you would meet the need of the hour. And, Lord, never let us forget, Lord, that we live in a wonderful country, Lord, with the freedom to praise you. And, Lord, I'm asking you today, Lord, to allow your anointing to flow in a marvelous way. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 I want you to remain standing. I want you to grab your offering. We're going to receive this. You're going to get to bring your offering to the front this morning as they sing a song. I'm going to ask the ushers to come and assist you. But just take your offering. They're going to sing this song. We're going to do two things simultaneously. We can do this. As you bring your offering to the front, I'm going to ask our kids to go right over here. We're going to dismiss them for children's church. So go ahead and sing. Bring your offering to the front. We're going to worship the Lord today. sing about it this morning before I spoke a word. Red! 
hear this, you always think. Walls built up around you, lies told about you, that he won't tear down. But most of the time, it's our own walls we put up. It's our own lies we tell about ourselves. It's our own shadows we hide in. It's our own mountains. Climb up, we hide on. So when you sing it, there's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain. The world, it's not meaning just the world, it's your own mountain. It's your own shadows, it's your own walls, it's your own lies. The devil's really good making lies, but so are we. So...
the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy If you're claiming I'm going to see a victory, shout it to the top of your lungs that you're going to see a victory. What if you go ahead and give him some praise this morning? As they begin to sing this song, I thought, you know, we need to get up every morning and begin to sing this song. Because the problem is we walk around and try to look for the defeat instead of looking for the victory. I don't know about you, but I want to look for the victory in my life. We need to quit looking at the cup half, half empty and think, you know, at least I got something in my cup. It may not be much right now, but I got something in my cup. But we want to look at what we don't have instead of what we do have and that's where the enemy can come in but i love this song every morning when i wake up i'm looking for victory every morning when i wake up i'm looking for god to do something in my life and if we would come to the realization it may just be a small portion but god can feed five thousand people with a boy's lunch he can take our small portion and turn it around. Lord, I pray right now for every person, Lord, that is in this place today. Lord, no matter how much they have in their cup, Lord, I want it to be like David's cup, Lord, overflowing. Lord, that there's not enough room to contain it. And Lord, I pray right now for each one, Lord, a special blessing today before they leave this place. Lord, let them experience all that you have for them today. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. One more time, can you give it up for the Lord? Can you give him praise and glory?
you go ahead and be seated. Sister Jennifer brought me a note and reminded me about our Angel Tree nominations. We have decided that uh, we want to help the community that we live in, so we're asking and uh, only receiving nominees that are in Macon County. So we are just looking to uh, participate just in Macon County, so I wanted to make that and then, secondly, I didn't make this announcement. I wanted to bring it to you now. Uh, we are putting together a Christmas choir. Yes, I know Christmas is not here yet, but they're going to start practicing. So where do you come in? If you would like to join this Christmas choir, they're going to start. Sister Darcy is leading it, and I asked her if she would do that. And on the 22nd of December, we're going to have a Christmas service, and they're going to lead us, and they're going to have a Christmas choir on that Sunday, and we want you to participate. So if you sing or you don't sing and you want to be in this Christmas choir, uh, they're going to meet on Sundays at 5 o'clock over the next several Sundays to practice. So I know that you're thinking, well, I can't make all of them. But I still want to sing. Make as many as you can. And uh, I know that we are going to be blessed that Sunday. So uh, please keep that in mind that we want to have a Christmas choir. And to have a Christmas choir is we need people to sing. That's what a choir is. It's several. So if you uh, wanted to sing, uh, it's going to be songs you probably already know. So you're not going to have to relearn them their traditional christmas hymns but we're looking for a wonderful time in the lord on december the 22nd be an opportunity to you for you to invite your family to say hey i'm singing in the church christmas choir this year i want you to come and uh, listen to me and i'm not asking i'm telling you to come and listen to me and uh so uh keep that in mind if you have your bibles turn with me to acts chapter 2 I'm picking up where I left off last Sunday. This is part B of the early Christian traits, the early church Christian traits. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 is what I read throughout last week. Uh, just to hit just a little bit of what I talked about, it said, Then they gladly received his word and were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And then I'm going to begin with 43 is where I'm picking up today. It says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed together had all these in common, and they sowed their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continually daily with one accord in the temple breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart 47 says praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved as I begin to read this and understand, there's three thoughts that come to mind that I want to talk to you about. Three traits that the church, I believe, has to have 
for the last part of that chapter to come together where they said they added to the church daily. Now, I don't know about you, but I love seeing new people, new visitors come to our church. I love to be able to meet them, get to know them, and I love it when God sends them our way. And, but we are in a crisis situation in the America that we live in, according to the statistics that church attendance is declining rapidly. Those are not my opinions. Those are statistics that are put out weekly because people have found other things to do with their time than come to church. But I believe church is a vital, important part of a Christian walk. Now, I don't know about you, but I look forward to Sundays because when I come in on Sundays, I get re-energized to go out and to face the week. The Lord begins to speak to us at church, and not that he can't do it outside these walls. I've said more times than not, there needs to be more ministry going on outside these walls than inside these walls, because that's where you spend most of your time. But I believe to be able to do the ministry outside these walls, you need to get inside these walls to get full. And so we find that as the church begins to come out of Acts and begin to experience growth. Verse 43 says this, and fear came upon every soul. Well, we read that in the King James Version, and we think of fear as something that is scary, something that uh, startles us. But if I could translate that word fear in this circumstance, that is not what it is. It's not what we just come out of, of haunted houses and scary stuff. This fear was a respect This fear was an awe. There's a lot of translations. If you go to the English Standard Version, they actually use the word awe. It's not as in, wow, amazement. We can't believe that God just did what God just did. And it's just shock all over because the next verse is followed up. And many wonders and signs was done by the apostles. So we find that this word fear is not jumping out behind a tree to try to scare you. This word fear was an amazement. This word fear was an awe. And I think if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we can't lose the respect. We can't lose the awe moment in what God does in our life. But what happens is, We've lost respect around the world for God. There is no more, and I know I tread on thin ice, but I'm going to go ahead and tread on out there anyway. I know that in the world that we live in, that a lot of times you can see it through the shows, you can see it through TV, in the movies, that there's just no more respect and awe for God. They are not afraid of him any longer. Now, this is where I have to digress just a little bit and let you know that when I grew up, There was a certain stigma that I felt like that if I did anything wrong, there was a God that was up there with a big stick waiting to pop me on the head and say, you shouldn't have done that. 
And that was my kind of image as a young man growing up in the church, listening to the hell uh, and fire brimstone preaching that took place. That all God wanted to do was correct me to keep me in line, and I didn't want to get bopped on the head. But then I learned a word called grace. I learned a word that we're going to mess up. We're human. When you cut me, I bleed. And when with that, in our humanity, we cannot be perfect. And I learned that. And as I learned that, I realized that God's grace is sufficient because that's what Paul said. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace covers my humanity, my mess-ups. His grace covers, if I ask him, it covers up the mistakes that I make. But here's where there's a fine line that we have to be so careful in because if we're not, we'll take grace to the extreme. And when we get into that fine line, we begin to make a mockery of God and think, you know, we're not reveling anymore. We don't respect you anymore. There's no more holiness anymore. And we get to that point and think, you know, I don't fear God like I used to fear God. And that's where we find ourselves as a church in trouble. God is a God to be respected. And if we lose respect for him, we're basically saying, I don't trust you. I don't think you can do what you think you can do. But the early church, they had a healthy spiritual respect for God. But notice what took place in their presence. I love that they put this in the scripture and said many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Think about the most wonderful sight that you have ever seen that would be breathtaking. It was an awe moment. It was an amazing event that it just took your breath away and you were like, ah. Oh. It may have been the birth of one of your kids or all of your kids. That's an awe moment. Because life is happening, and God's right in the middle of it, and you can just experience God. It may be a miracle that God did in your life that everybody said it can happen, but you held on, as we talked about last week, just a little bit of hope and faith, and God showed up into your world, and a miracle took place, and it was an awe moment. It was those awe moments that the early church was experiencing. It was through the signs and wonders. I've often said... If you want to fill every chair in here, let God show up 
in such a way and miracles just continue throughout the day. And when those miracles come, people are going to show up because they have needs. But what happens is, is we forget the awe moments. That's the reason testimonies are so important. As a reminder of what God did and what God can do. What God showed up in your circumstance, he can show up in someone else's circumstance. That's why I tell you, share your testimony with someone. Let them know that God is still working in your life. Because testimonies build faith. And the word says that we are made overcomers by what? The word of our testimony. We have a, I'm trying to think of the word here, the capability of forgetting sometimes. Forgetting how big our God is. The Israelites did it time and time again. God would do a miraculous event. Now, I don't know about you, but part in the Red Sea, that would be pretty miraculous. Walking over on dry ground, as the Bible said, would be pretty miraculous after all that water was diverted. But yet, when they faced trouble, they were murmuring and thinking, Lord, did you bring us out here to die? And he's thinking, if I wanted to do that, I would have drowned you in the Red Sea. My thoughts, not his. But God will bring us through a circumstance. He'll bring a church through revival. He'll bring a church through many different obstacles. And then somewhere along the way, we'll forget the awe moment that kept us going. We'll forget what God did in our life and think, well, he can't do it again. But there's a precious song that we sing or haven't sung in a long time since I was a kid. But it simply says, he will do it again. We may need to drag out that song and sing it. He'll do it again. If he did it one time, he'll do it a second time. If he did it a second time, he can do it a third time. I don't want you to remember today before you leave, if God showed up in the middle of your mess, he can show up again if he needs to. Don't lose the awe moment. Don't quit fearing the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. Notice what else they do. I, I could preach the whole hour right here on fear. Because so many people loses the fear for the Lord. But I want to remember and remind you, don't lose that awe moment. Will you help me preach this morning? Will you just say, ah? Now say it like you mean it, ah. Thank you. Need a little interaction this morning. Notice what they did. And all of them believed. Verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. Now this one gets a lot of people. Verse 45. And they sold their 
possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. You're, you're, you're squirming right now and say, Pastor, you're going to make me sell my goods. You're going to make me get rid of my possessions. We're going to bring them and have one big box up here and you bring all your money too after you sell and we're going to distribute it out. I'm not asking you to do that this morning so you can go, Phew. thank you. Because see, here's what happened. If I went a few chapters later, there was a couple, they did that, but they only brought half of it to the church and said, this is all we got. And it cost them their life because they lied. Now, I don't know about you, but that'd be a God to fear. But I'm not asking you to do that. Here's what I think his verse is telling us. They had everything in common. I think we're living this life and we have this in common. We're on a journey to make it to heaven and we have that in common. Now what I'm thinking this verse is saying is you shouldn't be selfish. Turn to someone and tell them, don't be selfish. I told you I'm in the interaction this morning. I know it's a normal like, like me. But we can't be selfish. And I think this verse is what this is telling us. Look, if your neighbor, your brother is in need and you can help him out, help him out. If you've got something that you can share with someone that needs it, go ahead and share that. We can't, see, if you look at your hand, and I learned this illustration a long time ago. If you hold your hand clenched and you've got something in it and you don't let it go, look, God can't put anything back in your hand. But if you open it and release it and say, God, you use it, he can use you to flow in to many other people's lives through what he would bless you with, and you would impact them beyond your wildest imagination. And when you begin to impact them, there's an awe moment that takes place. It's a circular event. Churches cannot get selfish even through all our struggles financially that we have been through this year my priority was still to do missions as much as we could do missions that's the reason I want to go under the bridge I want to help someone that needs what I would call a hand up not a handout. I know I stole that from some organization, but I'm going to hang on to it for a moment because I want to help people where they're at. And if we're a church that can do that with the funds, the resources that we have, that's what we want to do. I've learned this in my so many years of serving the Lord. You can never outgive God. And I understand that is cliche, but it may be cliche, but it is truth. When you are willing to allow God to use you, he will allow things to flow through you. You will be blessed beyond your imagination, and you will just say, Lord, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but you showed up because I listened to you. That's why the Bible says you need to be a cheerful giver. Now, you know me, I don't preach much on money. 
Because I feel like your money is between you and God. But I will preach on opening and unlocking the blessings that God wants to flow through your life. And it may not all be about money. You need to share your time. There are people that need to just hang out with you and share your time. How do I know that? Because the next verse says when they sold their possessions and they distributed out, they continued daily to break bread. A lot of times when we look at that, we're automatically, we're thinking monetary. But there are people that need to just hang out with you. Do you know statistically we live in a society that feels all alone? They feel isolated, but yet they have 2,000 friends on their Facebook page, but they still feel isolated. You may be to ask the Lord, Lord, point me to that needs a friend that I can be a friend to. And they may be praying the same thing, and they're waiting on somebody to make that connection. It may just be sharing your time. You may need to look at your spouse and say, do I need to share my time more with you? I know schedules are hectic and they're crazy, but we haven't made enough sharing time. Do I need to share with you? Do we need to schedule a day? Look, when our kids were young and in sports, and most of you know me, I'd look at Stacy and go, okay, what day this month is our day? You pick it, we'll pick it. Nothing's going to change that bar an extreme emergency like death. As a pastor, sometimes that happens. But for the most part, you have to plan. Maybe it's a friend that you haven't seen in a long time and they just need to connect because they feel isolated. See, when we read this verse, again, we're thinking monetarily, but if I could challenge you in this season, I know I'm using a lot of statistics this sermon, but I want to emphasize that this is the season as we go through Christmas and Thanksgiving that people feel so alone and all they want is somebody to reach out to them. And you might be that person that can reach out to them and make a difference this year in their life. But it's going to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that we need? Let me continue on. They've done everything in one accord in the temple. Let that sink for just a moment. With one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. One accord. 
find it interesting that they emphasized that everything that they did was one accord. Why is that so important? Because if we're going to be the church that the Lord wants us to be, we're going to have to do everything in one accord. Say, so why is that? even need to be preached on because Satan has a way of coming in and distracting us and getting us to think that the church doesn't love me anymore, getting us to think that my way's better, getting us to think that, you know, I don't know if this is the right place. And it begins to cause distension in our life and in our church. So it's important that we challenge ourselves to stay in one accord. If you'll give me just a second, I'm looking it up. I want to read this to you from the message. Trying to find it. Here we go. It says, everyone around was in awe. This is 43. All those wonders and signs was done through the apostles. All the believers lived in a wonderful, this is what I wanted you to hear, wonderful harmony holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal was a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew. What I liked about the message and I don't use that version a lot, but every now and then I'll pull some verses out. I loved what it said. Every person was in harmony. Have you ever heard a group sing and one person's off? Can you hear it? You may not say anything, but your ears let you. Hey, even as musically inclined as I am not, when I hear that didn't sound right, the harmony is off. They're, they're not in the same blend. It's like nails on chalkboard. Your skin crawls, and it's like, oh, that's not, oh, that's just, no, no. But the church in one harmony the church in one accord, the church 
coming together as a single unit, doing what it was designed to do, praising the Lord and lift him up and getting the word of God out. When the people come together, it is a beautiful sound. It is a sweet smell and aroma in the nostrils of the Lord. And I want to continue on one accord and one harmony. And I don't want to lose what the Lord is doing here. So whatever Satan is trying to tell you and convince you that we're not in one accord, would you let him know that we're looking for victory? Would you let him know that we're not giving up? See, if we come together on Sunday mornings with the same mindset that we have in common, that I'm going to come, I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to come, and I'm going to do my part. And whatever it takes, I'm going to be in one mind and one accord. Most of you know I love watching sports. Most of you know that I use a lot of sports analogies. One of my favorite movies, because of the theme that it represents, was a small town, high school basketball team that went all the way to the state championship. And this was before they classified which the number of students that you had, the small school had to pay, play the big school. And if you don't know the movie I'm talking about, it was simply called Hoosiers. Now, I'm going to tell you how many times I've watched that throughout my life. Because of the David meets Goliath scenario that it paints. I think, you know, if a Christian would sit down and watch this and understand some of the principles. Now, I understand that, you know, it was based on a true story, but it's like any Hollywood movie. There's some dramatization. I get that. But I never forget the one speech the coach tells his team. He says, we're going to function as a team. And everybody has their part. And on that team, we're all one. No matter where you're at on that floor, your goal is the same thing, and that is to win. And we are all part of this team. There is no one more important than the next one. Whether you're shooting free throws or whether you're under the goal, your responsibility is for the team. And if he could tell, sell them the team effort and let them know that we are all part of the same team we can win we can take down this big school we have the purpose we have the passion we have what it takes church is the same way we're all part of the same team if we'll stay in one mind and one accord, there is no telling what God can do through us. There's no telling how God can use us. But we can't begin to think that one is more important than the other. We all have a part to play. God has called us for this time and this purpose. So don't lose heart. Don't lose your passion. Don't lose what God wants to do in your life. We've got to be in one mind. In one accord. Why is that so important? Because it's just like a phone book. You know those phone books they used to mail out? They don't do it hardly anymore. The big yellow pages. 
Remember those that are about that thick? Come on, y'all look at it. How many remembers the yellow pages? Help me out here. Thank you. Y'all looking at me like, yellow, what is a yellow? I know, we don't get those big phone books like we used to that they were actually used for our kids' high chair that we'd sit on the, and we would prop them up at the table. That was what they were used for. But that phone book can represent the church because, see, when I put that phone book together, I can't rip it in two. But if I take each one of those pages and I isolate them, I can tear them one at a time. And Satan would love to do the church the same way. He's not going to come at the church all at once. He's going to isolate us and just begin to tear us off one by one by one. But if we'll stay in one mind and we'll stay together and we'll take that phone book, you're not going to be able to rip it apart. You're not going to be able to tear it. And that's what the church that I believe God wants us to be. We're not going to be able to be ripped apart. That's the reason the early church realized they had to stay in one mind and one accord. Right there was a good idea to, or a good place to say amen. Brother Matt, would you come? I want you to stand to your feet. The church has a vital role to play in the society around us. And to meet the purpose, we've got to stay connected and we've got to stay in one mind and one accord. So here's what I want to do. They're going to sing a song. If you need prayer this morning, I want you to come, and we're going to pray with you. Whatever you're going through, because, see, we're going to be in one mind and one accord. God's going to use the church. Statistically, they may say the church is declining, but I'm going to believe as it declines, it's going to become more powerful. And in this prayer, if you need the Lord to do something in your life, we want to pray with you. But if you just say, Pastor, I just want to be in one mind, one accord with the church. I just want you to raise your hands. And I just want you to begin to pray as they sing this song and ask the Lord to bind us together. As the old song the song said and the scripture read, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Lord Jesus, I praise your wonderful name right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for people that are willing to say, I want to be in one mind and one accord with the church. Lord, I want to be, Lord, used by you and what you want to do. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, right now, Lord, as the church is growing, Lord, that you would keep our focus the same, and that is upon you and what you are doing, Lord, through the lives of your people, Lord, and the ministry that is going out. Lord, I'm praying, Lord, that the Holy Ghost revival would continue in our lives. And, Lord, I'm just believing, Lord, that you're going to do some mighty things today. In Jesus' name, sing this song, church.
If you believe this song, will you sing it this morning? Let him hear your voice this morning.
He's setting the captives free. He's reigning in Zion, destroying our enemy. He's reigning in Zion. He's setting the captives free. Joshua, sorry, Joshua took the march around Jericho. He, mar he, he was instructed to march for seven days. 
The victory hadn't came yet. He had to march. The victory hadn't happened, but he it would have been wonderful if the walls had just fell. The shouts could have went up. But before the walls fell, there had to be a march around the city. They had to sing and they had to shout like victory was getting ready to happen even though they couldn't see it even though they didn't know that it was going to happen they were just going on the word of god that joshua had provided lord just spoke to me i felt like to share that there's some of you you need to shout even when the victory hadn't happened yet you need to sing even when you don't see the victory but the victory's on its way and i was told you take what the enemy meant we, you need to sing this song and, and understand that victory good. is coming don't quit yes, you turn don't stop good. keep singing you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it
really it's not for an individual I've asked him to sing this one course about the Zion and here's what I want you to do this is a prayer and a praise as we get ready to dismiss and leave the church I want to go out full of him and so this is the verse that we're going to sing going out this is our closing you know what I'm talking yeah he's reigning in Zion destroying our enemy he's reigning in Zion setting the captives free I love this chorus I said this is what I want to close with but we're going to do it a little bit different I preached last week at a church outside of Crossville and I told them when I started community and we began to meet, I said it was a community, common unity. And before long, we were simply praising the Lord. And before I let you go, we would all join hands as a sign of unity. I know this is crazy this morning, but please forgive me. If you're comfortable in doing so, if you're not, I get it. I understand. But take that person's hand next to you, raise it high, and sing this chorus. This is our shout. This is our victory. Raise it up before the Lord. He's already inside, destroying our enemies. He's already inside, setting the captive free. He's reading in Zion, destroying our enemy. He's reading in Zion, setting the captive free. He's reading in Zion, destroying our enemy. He's reading in Zion, setting the captive free. He's reigning in Zion, destroying our enemy. He's reigning in Zion, setting the captive free. Destroying our enemy, he's reigning in Zion and setting the captive free. He's reigning in Zion, destroying our enemy. He's reigning in Zion and setting.
setting the captive free. And I come out.